What's up guys? UFC 252 this Saturday. Super excited for it. I mean, you got Stipe Miocic and Daniel Cormier, two of the greatest heavyweight fighters in UFC history against each other. I mean, and those two, the two first fights they had were fantastic. Um, if you don't remember, I'll refresh your brain. The first one, Cormier just had a great knockout in the first round. Um, the fight didn't even seem to get that, uh, that settled yet, but they'd clinched and inside that engagement, as Cormier was leaving, he landed a big right and dropped Miocic. Um, and I'll get into why that might have happened in a, in a bit. And then in the rematch, in the second fight, Miocic won his belt back by knocking out Cormier in the fourth round. So now's the trilogy. Um, if you haven't heard, Cormier said he's retiring when the fight's all said and done, no matter the result. Um, he's 41, I think. So, I mean, what a great career he had. Um, you know, Olympic wrestler, D1 wrestler, you know, the UFC two-division champion. You know, he's had such a successful career. Um, so, you know, no shame in going out right now, no matter what happens. Um, as in my prediction for this fight, though, um, I think Cormier will win. Uh, I, I know Miocic won the last fight, and apparently he's coming in, into this fight, you know, as healthy as he's ever been and whatnot, but Cormier has a lot of advantages. And when you watch the first and second fight, Cormier was winning almost every single round, except the round he got knocked out in the second fight. Every single one. The The first round of the first fight, obviously, was completely dominant, and he knocked him out. And then in the second fight, the first three rounds was all Cormier. The striking was Cormier, the grappling was Cormier, clinches, everything Cormier had an advantage in. Um, and even for being a bigger guy than Miocic, um, you know, in weight, Cormier was faster. Um, all of his punches hit harder, but were moving faster, and he could have a lot of volume punches. Miocic, on the other hand, was doing uh, just one punch or a one-two combination, that's it. Whereas Cormier was trying to engage, and right after Miocic would land that one strike, he would land four or five back of zone. Um, in the second fight, in that fourth round when Miocic started to come back, it was because he started landing um, body shots. He had these beautiful um, left hooks to the body that completely were taking out Cormier. And in my opinion, that's why Cormier lost. For the first three rounds, he wasn't that wasn't even in Miocic's Miocic's brain. Um, Cormier was literally just pushing his head forward, making Miocic, you know, um, fall for that kind of lull, and then Cormier would just explode into a bunch of punches. Um, and Miocic couldn't find an answer until that fourth round. Um, so I guess, obviously, any analyst can say, oh, well, Miocic is going to go into this fight. He's going to do more body shots. He's going to be more diverse. He's not going to fall for that um, head movement by Cormier, right? But obviously, Cormier's corner knows that. They're not stupid. So they're, they're definitely going to plan for a lot of um, leg kicks, I think, and a lot of body shots that Miocic is probably gonna gonna try to hit him with. Um, so then, there comes the grappling, because if there's a stalemate where Miocic is gonna start targeting the lower half of Cormier more, Cormier's been preparing for that more. Then on the feet, it's roughly even, or just how it was in the previous two fights where Cormier had that advantage. Um, it was really interesting to me. Too, to see Miocic with like an 8-inch reach advantage. He's 
four inches taller. Um, and Cormier was just in his face, landing all of his shots. Shots, and Miocic couldn't even get his range. And um, so he's got to clear that up. But also the issue is they're in the Apex Arena in Vegas. And if you don't know, the Apex Arena is five feet shorter on each of the eight sides of the octagon, which is crazy small. And all that does is give Cormier, um, you know, a smaller place where he gets to, you know, get um, inside his range and have Miocic not be able to land those big power shots. So that's not going to help at all. Um, and then again, grappling. If it has to go to that, I think Cormier has a clear advantage. He's bigger and heavier, um, which just makes it harder to begin with. And then his background, he's just so much better um, at wrestling than Miocic is. So... As, as cool as it would be to see Miocic win, I don't have any favorites. Um, I like both. I love Cormier as an announcer, and I think Miocic is a great person, you know, being a firefighter and all. So doesn't matter to me, but I think Cormier should should be able to pull this one out. He's definitely more determined. I, I saw it in uh, this interview he had. He said this fight camp was, you know, he's been the most dedicated as he's ever been, and he's pushed through, you know, injuries and things that normally he would take time off for, and I believe that. You know, it's his last fight of his career. If he wins, he ends as a champion. His legacy is solidified. And that's that. So I think this this fight, you're going to probably see the best Cormier you can see. And, and that Cormier is, is one that I think can't be beaten in, in the heavyweight division. Um, and luckily, he's getting out before Nganu comes anyways. Because how good of a fight would that be, Nganu versus, versus Cormier? I'd love to see it, but for Cormier's sake, as a 41-year-old, I would I would retire too if I knew that he would be my next opponent. So, um, yeah, um, fourth or fifth round, probably, I think. Cormier will, will be able to get a knockout. Um, I think it's going to be like the second fight. I think Cormier is going to have a lot of success throughout the majority of the fight, but I think as he starts to get tired, if that's the case, unless he controls his, you know, um, his stamina more and endurance, but as he starts to get tired, I think he's going to understand that Miocic has is going to change up that pace like he did in the in the second fight and throw those wider variety of shots. But he'll be able to defend those much more. He'll be thinking about that more this fight. Um, and you saw Miocic was was a few good shots away from getting knocked out in that second fight too. He was getting pieced apart in that third round um, towards the end. And you could see it on his face, too. His face was red and bloody. Um, and Cormier didn't really have many marks on his face until he got knocked out anyways. So you could just tell that there was a clear advantage there for Cormier. Um, so, yeah, I think the later rounds, Cormier will be able to knock him out, um, especially seeing he was able to in the first fight. Um, but, yeah, like I like I was saying, that first fight they had, um, Miocic got knocked out when it was like four minutes in or something. Um, he had fought in Ganu before then. And he had received a lot of crazy shots from Ngannou, who was obviously the hardest hitter in the in the UFC. So that could have played a role, right? So not to say that the first fight was a fluke and, and how it ended. I think Cormier had a great game plan, and he um, executed it as you know to the best of his ability. But you know that could that could be why Miocic's chin didn't hold up. But then we got to see a second fight where it did hold up. And Cormier was still piecing him apart for the majority of the fight. Um, so yeah, really, all in all, I 
in almost every circumstance right now, I think Cormier is going to have an advantage. On the ground, advantage a smaller octagon. You know, just won't be able to get his distance as well. Advantage Cormier. The striking, somehow Cormier just strikes faster, and he has more volume in his shots, and they seem to hurt Miocic more than it hurt Cormier until those final blows in the in the second fight. So I think Cormier gets it done, which then, if that happens, he retires, right? Then you get Mioc- a rematch between Miocic and Nganu for the title fight for the Vanka belt, and that would be awesome. So I'm down for all of that. Um, I'm not going to talk too too much about the... The rest of the card, it's not that stacked of a card. It's a good card, but um, I'm surprised they didn't put any another like high ranked versus high ranked fighter on this card. Um, I mean, I don't care, but for for the average fan, um, when they see the card and there's like eight out of the ten fighters on the main or seven out of the ten fighters on the main card are unranked, you know that's not that appealing. But um, going to the co-main event, one of my favorite fighters nowadays, Sean O'Malley um, against Marlon Vera. I think Sean O'Malley gets another knockout. I watched him twice this year. Absolutely piece apart his opponents. Like, it wasn't even close. Especially his last fight against uh, Handlebar Mustache. O'Malley took him in. O'Malley knocked him out so bad he couldn't get up for 10 minutes. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be the same thing. I mean, Vera is a, you know, he's fast. Um, good grappler. Good on the feet. Like, a you know, just a brawler type fighter, right? So, it's going to... O'Malley's going to be, might be on his back foot a little bit more than usual, which will be interesting because then we get to see O'Malley tested in a way that we haven't seen before. But he says he's just a complete fighter. He looks like a complete fighter. He he can hit you from anywhere with a crazy amount of different kicks and punches and everything. So I think we're going to see a lot of Sean O'Malley that we don't get to see normally because of how quick and easy his fights are. But at the end of the day, I think the result will be the same. Um, and it's just going to be another O'Malley knockout. And I mean, you look at, I mean, the UFC is doing it, doing this on purpose. They found a fighter that's very exciting, very enjoyable, and a lot of people like him. So they're putting, he's putting him, Dana White is putting him against these opponents where he can get these very big victories out. And he can get back into the UFC and feel accustomed to everything after that long layoff that he had. Um, and get the hype around him again, right? So that's all he's doing. And they would never put O'Malley against someone where he could get knocked out or get submitted where it looks like he isn't the next best thing. Um, So I just think the matchmaking committee probably put this together knowing that if O'Malley performs, it'll make O'Malley look good, it'll make the UFC look good, um, and they'll have another superstar that they can start promoting more. so yeah, O'Malley, but probably maybe a second round knockout. Instead of a first round, I'll say second round. I'll give Vera the benefit of the doubt um, because he's kind of a very well-rounded and it'll be different for O'Malley. He'll have to adjust a lot more. Um, it'll take O'Malley more than five minutes to figure it out, but I think he'll be able to figure it out in, um, in the second round. Uh, Jarzinho Rosenstroik, Rich Jr. Dos Santos. Um, I think Rosenstroik is going to knock him out. Like first round, just done. Um, I say that because Dos Santos has been knocked out a couple times recently, like in his most recent fights. And as you all know, Rosenstreich got uh, violated on national television um, in his last fight against Francis Ngannou. So I don't think Rosenstreich likes that that much because he called out Ngannou and then got crushed. 
So my guess is Rosenstreich just wants to do that same thing to Dos Santos. He wants to come out, just knock him out, and and show that you know that Engano fight was a mistake. He didn't he didn't defend or you know execute the game plan as much as he wanted to. Um, but a veteran like Dos Santos, a great fighter. Um, if Rosenstreich can knock him out early, you know that that'll just prove to to people that Rosenstreich is something to um, a difficult fighter to deal with. Um, and, you know, put him in contention for those, those big fights again, another fight against Ngannou or whoever at the top of the division, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, Rosenstruck just hits way too hard and Dos Santos, you know, it comes with age, you know, you're not going to be able to take those shots anymore. And I think that's the case because he's, I think he's into his forties. I could be wrong. Um, but if he's been getting knocked out, you know, in recent years, as you get older and other and these new fighters are hitting even harder, you know they won't be able to. He won't be able to take it. I don't think. Maybe if it goes to decision, Dos Santos could edge it out on that, but I don't think it will. I think Rosenstroy gets a knockout. Um, Herbert Burns, Daniel Panetta. I think Herbert Burns will win by knockout or submission. Um, you look at just just look at Burns's fights. Look at his most recent fights. Right? Knockout win, submission victory, submission win, submission win, submission win. Eight of his 11 wins are by submission, and he's coming off a knockout win, which it was just like in the clinch. He just need the guy 30 times. Um, so, yeah. Um, you look at Daniel Panetta, right? He hasn't fought in like six years. I mean, you got a guy that's torching all, you know, as he's up and coming, right? He's beating all these guys, crazy submissions and stuff. And then you have... Panetta, who hasn't really been doing anything. So recency bias, of course, is a thing. But I think, you know, that's going to give it to Burns for me. Um, he's well-rounded. He'll do it on the feet with, you know, kickboxing if he wants or if he takes to the ground. And I saw an article where they were saying, you know, Panetta's been knocked out. Or not knocked out, my apologies. Has been submitted in the past, but it was in the past, so he's learned from it. Right, but if he got knocked out in 2013-14 and then didn't fight for six years, I don't care how much you trained, getting in with the submission specialist after a six-year layoff, who's an up-and-comer, who's been doing great, you know, and is making strides, you know, you're not going to do good against that. You're just not. Um, so I'm going to give it to Burns. I think I think Burns, by knockout or submission, just gets the job done. I don't know what round, um, but yeah, Bur- Burns for sure. My apologies on this next fighter's name. Um, I'm just going to call him Marab because his last name looks unpronounceable. Um, against John Dodson. You look at Marab's last fights, he just is completely dominant. Takes his fighters to the ground and just is relentless on the ground. And um, that wins scorecards, right? John Dodson, I haven't been seeing that as much from him. I haven't been seeing um, a great... I mean, in his last fight, he did, after after two losses, he did come back and have a nice knockout victory. He did, right? But neither of these fighters are too, too great. But Marab has a huge advantage in wrestling. So if he's able to take Dodson down and just beat him on the ground, get the points, right? That's it. I wrote in my article that I just wrote, I just published it, you know, 25 minutes, 30 minutes ago. Um, wrestling has taken over MMA. If you're a great wrestler, then you're you're set. You know what I mean? Look at Khabib. I understand Khabib. If you put him against anyone outside the top, 
six or seven in the lightweight division, he'd be able to knock him out, right? But I'm talking the top of the, the top of the line fighters. Um, he doesn't try to strike really, and what does he do? He wins every fight in dominant fashion. It's not even close. Um, all all the great fighters nowadays are just using the wrestling. Um, I mean, not not Adesanya, right? There's one. Um, you could say Miocic, right? Okay. But he's a great wrestler, too. And it's the same, same as Adesanya. He has great jiu-jitsu skills. You know what I mean? So, um, at the end of the day, if there's two fighters that, you know, if it's 50-50, like this fight, one's a dominant wrestler, one isn't. I'm going to pick the wrestler. Um, so, yeah, let me run through it. Rob with a decision victory, just because of his wrestling, um, I think he'll be able to get it done. Herbert Burns. You know, all of his recent fights have just been great. Knockouts or submissions. Pineda's been off the scene. So it's hard for me to pick a guy that hasn't been around against a guy that's been winning all of his fights recently. I think Rosenstreich is going to come back strong. He wants to get in the win column. Dos Santos is aging a little bit. Rosenstreich is just a super strong guy. Um, and he's a great fighter. He's super technical. We just didn't get to see that in the Ngannou fight because Ngannou just charged him. Um as good as a win as that was for Ngannou, I don't think we got to see Rosenstreich to the best of his ability at all because of how quick it is and just what, I mean, I'm not a UFC fighter, but I think I wouldn't know how to defend Ngannou sprinting at me either. So I don't blame him for that at all, really. Um, co-main event, Sean O'Malley's going to get it done. They gave him another unranked opponent. Um... So I think that they can just promote this guy because they really like him and he's exciting. You know what I mean? Um, he's got the look, the style, and everything that makes him a really exciting fighter. Um, so yeah, second. I, I I still think second round knockout because Vera is a little different. It'll be hard to to adjust to that, but O'Malley will get that done. He's a smart fighter. It's not going to take long. And then the main event. There's just too many too many advantages for Cormier at this point in time. His striking was better in the first and second fight. They're in a smaller octagon, so Miocic will not be able to con control any distance. And then Miocic really just has to target the legs and body of Cormier. But if he does that too much, Cormier's just going to grab his leg, take him down, and win in the wrestling. So I think Cormier will get it done. Um, those are my predictions. Last 10 fights, I went 10 for 10 on my predictions, which is kind of crazy. Don't know if I'll still be able to do that um, with this card. This card's a little different because there's a lot of, eh, like... It's an interesting card. There's no clear, definitive, this person can definitely do this and win this way. So, I don't know. But those are my predictions. Let me know. Um, well, I'll, I'll let you know in the podcast Sunday, I want to say. Sunday when I get, when I get back home, um, how I did. But otherwise, definitely watch this, this card because this Miocic Cormier fight's crazy. I mean, the winner goes down as the greatest heavyweight fighter the UFC has ever seen, right? And even if Cormier wins and they call him that, right, Miocic still has a chance to go get the belt back and win seven fights, you know, seven title fights before he um, retires, right? So you got two of the best heavyweights the, the you know, the promotion has ever seen. So um, I'll be at probably Buffalo Wild Wings watching it. I think I'm going to I'm gonna drive back home. I'm in, I'm at... UMass right now, but I'm going to drive home and watch that with the fam. Um, but yeah, hope you enjoyed podcast. Thank you again for listening. See you in a couple days.